So this is the Check Truck Podcast. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm Aaron. I'm Alec. The recurring nightmare of the Check for Taps podcast. That's right. Also a convenient, you know, editing slave. So <laughs> we'll keep you on. I'm more more than happy. I we like as you know the big projects when we need to take down something truly monolithic. I've got a mic arm. <laughs> I've got. That's about it. Yeah. That's what I bring to the table. And it's more than either of us put together. So <laughs> what we're here to do today is watch Man of Steel. The DVD menu is currently looping in the background. I'm already excited. Josh is the only one of us who's never seen this, and I think me and Alec have both probably not seen it since 2013, is when it when first it, came out. Then yes, that would be 2013 uh, since it first came out. However, unlike Alec, I've been thinking about it nearly constantly since, whereas I think Alec probably just forgot about it. I only think about it every Burns night, ah. as it is today, oh. because of known Scottish man Henry Cavill. Here's to known Scottish Here's man Henry Cavill. Here's to known Scottish man Henry Cavill. Yeah. Yeah. I've been avoiding this film, like, rent arrears, since when it came out. I mean, people always say the same thing. It's like, oh, you haven't seen it. I'm like, no. Why? Do you like it? And they're like, no, it's shit. <laughs> it's like Bird Box. They're trying to take, like, the blindfold off me. The reason I want to show you this over probably any other superhero film is because it's just so unlike any other superhero film. Like, unlike those Marvel films, they sort of, like, stay very close. This is clearly someone's vision, for better or for worse. Yeah. I, I don't hate it. No, neither do I. I think there are some bits that I get terribly bored in, but that's because I have the attention span of a child. That's my preface to it as well. I don't hate it either. I think mm. it's very consistent. It's probably the most consistent DC film until Aquaman. So what, what are your recollections of Man of Steel? So I... What, what, are, what, what about it stands out in the memory cores of Aaron Chapman? So <laughs> in the... The memory codex. One second, I'm using my... I'm going for my databanks. I've searched every memory I have. Libertarianism is the main thing. Zack Snyder's ideology, I think, really permeates through this. I can't work out if Superman's a fascist or, or a socialist in this one. Normally, he's definitely more of like a government stooge fascist. Mm. In this one, he's... Real libertarian, in my opinion. He doesn't want to bail people out, essentially. And I think this is why the DCEU goes so weird, because when this is your, like, benchmark, what mm. do you do? And yeah, that's why I'm excited to see it. I'm interested to, see, I'm interested to actually recollect as to where this all began. You see, my recollections are much more Michael Shannon good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I agree. Michael Shannon uh, is Michael good. Michael Shannon good, Krypton stuff, completely batshit and borderline impenetrable. Oh. Russell Crowe's sort of cameos are very funny. How's like, his accent? Oh, super, oh. Super, is that kind of is it superbly Australian or is it just kind of out of space? It's out of spacey. He's trying to be out of spacey. Yeah. Obviously, it bleeds through because he's I, just Russell Crowe. He's, there's a particularly jarring shot in the finale, which is too long, mm-hmm. where Superman gets thrown for a well-known American brand. This is a weird thing to put in your. Basically, small town America is a product that is placed in this film. Yeah. Mm. So what oh, is wow. in all, what is in the Midwest? There's a Midwest. Smash it up with CGI for a bit. Oh, I was going to say, I, I would like to just say about my experience leading up to this film. It, it kind of came very close to seeing this because when the first trailer for this movie dropped, I went absolutely bananas for it. I thought it looked incredible. I, th- I just felt like everything that I knew about Superman, maybe not a lot, but I felt like it was just, it seemed like it was going to be this really interesting approach to the character. They'll follow you, Clark. You know, they will stumble, they will fall, but in time. They will join you in the sun and you will help them accomplish wonders. Yeah. That, that teaser. A, it's it, a beautiful line. There you go. So I still remember it, like yeah. paraphrasing, but. Except parts of this film really permeate, and mm. I loved Superman as a kid. And yeah, it was just, I was really excited. And it wasn't what I was expecting, but it's always stood, stood with me. Who's Clark? <laughs> no, I don't. Clark. He works for the Daily Planet. He's not worth He's mentioning. Not just a mild mannered reporter, as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah. What you need to focus on is Superman. So it's weird that they keep cutting back to yeah, Clark. I just movies, don't understand. Like he's, you know, it's weird because he looks a little bit like Superman. Yeah. Like, he's, he's wearing glasses. I think they so... got the actor's brother to play yeah, yeah. or something. It's, uh, uh, the other Scottish man. Uh, <laughs> John, John Angus Campbell. Angus Campbell. Yeah, yeah. What, what are you expecting going in? 
As you as you penetrate Man of Steel, I'm really feel, uh, yeah. okay. So during the lovemaking with this film we're about to have, I'm the thing I'm most looking forward to, and I hope it doesn't let me down, is really heavy-handed Zack Snyder version of libertarianism. Nice, because obviously he's. Sorry, Zach. <laughs> we love you. Um, I've, given we don't you I've given you a lot of money in my life, so not so sorry. But he's not a really intelligent guy. But I know he really loves libertarianism. So I'm interested to see his because it's a very selfish approach to take with a Superman movie. He's like, I'm going to make him a libertarian. I mean, I don't think he really has been before. Nope. So it's this is only satisfying Zack Snyder and like any of Ayn Rand's descendants. There's the scene where Superman dismantles a food stamp office. <laughs> he's just flying around, zapping Medicaid does, recipients from there is, that, there is that weird scene where he hands out like copies of the Fountainhead, though. I thought that was really out of place. <laughs> he does right. have a really like fraught relationship with the government in this, which I always thought yeah. was interesting because obviously Superman's like quite famously pro-government in most of sort of like the Dark the sixties to the eighties material. Dark Knight Returns, obviously, mm. which he would go, which Zack Snyder would go on to ape yeah. next time, but yeah. wouldn't work because he did this. Mm. One to ten, what level of beefcake do you reckon Henry Cavill's going to be in? I mean, it's so difficult because be- beefcaking is like going through the roof year on year. But ten, it has, it has ten, changed, ten is the rock. It has changed a lot since okay. 2013. Yeah. Well. If ten is the rock, then I'd say he's a seven. He's a you know, he's a seven beefcake. But a solid. Seven. We'll come back to this segment mm-hmm. during the main we, review. Yeah. Cool. He's got biceps that I want to fall asleep in. Let's go. <laughs> Join us after. <laughs> Welcome back to Check the Tracks podcast, even though it's only been approximately two seconds for you. We've now watched the film Man of Steel. We have. And we've also drank appro- quite heavily. It's approximately five hours later yep. yes. on this Robbie Burns night. It is Robert Burns The night of Scotland. We actually entered the opposite of like a time compression. We entered a time like... You know, time dilation. <laughs> yeah, time dilation. We ended so, up taking us five hours to watch a two-hour film. Before the break, <laughs> I asked Josh, on a beefcake scale, where would you place Henry Cavill? And he answered... Seven. Seven. Having seen the film, where would you now place Henry Cavill? Henry Cavill? Henry Cavill's Mr. Beefcake Rating. Twelve. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a record beefcake scale. Batman. So, Batfleck may look larger than him in BVS, or whatever the fuck, but I don't care, because this man... Body versus strength. He's, he's got enormous mass, and he's chiselled at the same time. It shouldn't be possible, but it is... The Superman exists, and he is American, I, I, to quote Watchmen. So this was literally, like, the strongest three out of five I've ever seen. What I really liked about it is there were no jokes in it. Like, there may have been one or two. Unlike all of this other, like, superhero bullshit, it was just like, hi, it's a movie about an alien who's a god. I was like, okay. And, like, it kept my interest. It didn't panic and be like, ah, underwear. Yeah. I agree. And I thought, like, so when I, obviously, in 2013, the MCU was just going up. I think 2013 was the year that saw the dark world yeah and iron man 3 yeah i i agree like having been obviously exposed to now six years of marvel cultural dominance thereafter it was so nice to not see any bathos in this like no deliberate relieving of tension so so the thing that's interesting about this is as it was released so soon after you know 
a million Nolan movies came out is that maybe if I saw it at the time I would have found it quite tiresome but you know with the benefit of hindsight I, it's just it's really refreshing and it may not have been then then it may have been quite tedious but no as I see it now again by the way this movie is quite flawed yeah and like it, there's so much there's almost nothing you could name in it that couldn't be improved yeah, apart from Henry Cavill's yeah, yeah. raw sexuality. I think Henry Cavill is a good Superman. I know yeah. people people dislike mm. him, and obviously I think people dislike That's him because bullshit. he's been in the period between Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman. People like kind of quite liked him, but then obviously thereafter he's become a bit of a joke, and I don't think that's fair. No, because particularly in this, he is a the thing is Superman is a blank slate. He is just the concept of America mm. with biceps. I agree. And I think that he does the best he can with that. And, no, and yeah, I part just, of that I, is not, built not, on... Not only... I, I think that saying he does the best he can is almost damning him with faint praise because I think that he really seemed preternaturally virtuous in this film in mm. a way that, you know, normally the beefcake actors don't. I mean, he, he, had, he just had a, a look on his face that made it seem like, despite the fact that maybe it wasn't always earned at times... He didn't want bad things to happen to people. I would disagree that he's a blank slate. I do agree that Superman is obviously you can do many things with him. I think what they do in this that's really interesting is they talk about like how the world would react to him, and they don't always do that right. Like you said, no part of this film is done entirely right, but mm. they do get some onto some really interesting questions with him. Like they talk about what it means for sort of like religion, and they talk about what it means for sort of humanity developing as a whole. It works, and I, I again, I, I damn him faint praise. I don't think he does the best with it. I think he does a damn good job of it. But I think there's so many interpretations of Superman and this one wasn't one that people were comfortable with or familiar with. Yeah, yeah. Because this has existed in the comics, but this doesn't really show up that often. Like mm. you said, like he's normally a lot more... He's normally like unflinchingly good and he's normally a lot more established. Mm. He's normally been Superman for a while. He's already a reporter. Yeah. He doesn't... He's You know, Papa Kent doesn't normally teach him not to save people. Mm. He's normally sort of like, this is your sort of, you know, you should do this. This is what's right. I feel that the thing with... Kent in this is that he is so... Is the film portraying him as wrong? When I saw this again just a few minutes ago time travel was that he is incorrect the entire film but he's not portrayed as I guess bad. I know what He's not mean. denigrated for that well, reasoning. He's come to a decision based on sort of fear and protection and I don't think that necessarily... I don't think the film portrays him as a bad man for that. America I, in the 20s, protectionism. Yeah, no, Polit and also now America in sort of like the politics, the two thousand twenties maybe as yeah. well. <laughs> Post Iraq, Woodrow Wilson uh, too. deciding that intervention is not always the best yeah, idea. Exactly. Fears about the way that people will view you or the damage that you may do if you decide to use your power. Well, there's a there's a scene. Was it the IHOP scene? No, it's the scene where he's talking about the the cattle drowning downstream, and I think that that really sum sums it up for him. You know, he wants he wants Clark to save people, but he says that saving people comes at a cost. Like there's always someone mm. you don't save, and that's what the bad guys focus on as well. And I think there are themes in this film. Like there's def they're definitely going for something, and I think more so than definitely more so than BVS mm. because that was written by two different people, and definitely more than Justice League because that was written by two different people. Big mm. brother. Definitely more than Suicide Squad because that was written by like seventeen people. <laughs> it, it's everything that's wrong with this movie has been treaded and retreaded for so long so the reason that we're saying these things is because we just want to talk about where it was going people are still releasing articles about this film to this day like mm. today and Boy, I don't howdy let's cash in on that well, no, but I feel like it's been so long since people actually watched this mm. like when I was reading that article I didn't get the sense that they'd watched this recently I had the feeling that they were retreading what everyone says about it yeah. and so I think it's good to actually go back to the source material look at what is it is about yeah. because for so long we Talk, 
people talk about this film mainly in the context of the five films now that precede it. The Christopher yeah. Reeve-esque Superman films, yeah. even and, if they don't have him in them. Yeah, and also the five films that you know can, uh, follow follow after it. Yeah, it, it's it's a film defined by other films, by comic books, and I think it's good to just watch it and especially if someone hasn't watched it, which is why I wanted to watch it with you. Yeah, it's important to just see what it is on, you, on screen. Do you think that, that is necessarily achievable? Because in the last one I was in, yep. Spider-Verse, I think I dropped the point of, is it possible to see these films anymore, given how saturated we are but, with superhero but, films but, in their own context? But remember, this I film... That, I feel that Superman as a concept is so well known. It's like Spock. Everyone knows who Spock is, whether or not they fully understand what it is or not. Mm. Yeah. Everyone goes into a, a thing going, I know what Spock is. He is the logical alien. He is the elf. Oh. He is Leonard Nimoy. He wants to take a picture of naked women for no reason. Great, Superman I... is super strong, super fast, blah, 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 cape, underpants. Well, what's important about this? So point A is that this film was released. This was the first movie of the DC Universe. So at that point, it wasn't a universe. In fact, Zack Snyder didn't really even make this with the universe in mind, which you can really tell. But yeah, so like there's no... So A, like Zack Snyder makes this without any universe in mind. Like we get two nods. I think there's a LexCorp truck That's right, and a yeah. Wayne, Bruce Wayne satellite. Yeah. The point I was saying earlier yeah. is that... It's the film that sort of like uh, steps up with steps the DCU. Not only that, it's a film that subverted so many expectations up until then mm. about what Superman was. The Red Letter Media has that joke about Grandpa sitting down to watch the Christopher Reeves yeah, that he yeah. remembers, yeah. and then it just plays the Zod clip of the neck breaking. This man's going, not crippled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Christopher, if you're out there listening. Influenced thereafter. I think it's got a real unique spot in history because it is so talked about because it's like an almost an easy jab. Like, you can mm. go back to this. Zack Snyder's now everyone's favourite whipping boy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you can really... Everyone's sort of like... The roots of the DCU's demise were planted in this film, and I don't. I just completely disagree. I, I, yeah, not I, fair. The amount that the films don't pay attention to this film, like internality, mm. plot, and any any and any like artifice of the design, bode fair for this film. Mm. Like you said, Suicide Squad doesn't look like it could take place in this universe. No. Wonder Woman, kinda barely. Because I was complaining loudly watching this film. The Marvel films are obviously all shot on the same soundstage with the same color grading. Mm. But I can buy the Marvel stuff being all interconnected better. It's kind of I done by the I, same teams. As I well. could, yeah, I couldn't articulate properly why because I'm an idiot. Well, so one of the things you two are like proper film guys. Probably you could, but with, cool. the, with the DC stuff in particular, I can't really buy. The, the example Aaron used, I can't buy Captain Boomerang, yeah, the fucking Australian cunt, Jay Jay Cor- Boomerang, Jay and, <laughs> and likes to fuck pink unicorns yeah, in the same universe as Bro- Aquaman. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't buy them yeah. in the same universe because one is super gritty and miserable. Yep. Like the Batman. Yep. He you know like does ben, the Batfleck, yeah. He does a bad version of the Trinity up in the wall flippy kicking maneuver. He does the and he does the bratty brands people. Yeah, I can't the... buy that in the same world as what are we, some kind of suicide squad. Yeah. It's just bollocks. Margot Margo Robbie walking around in hot pants. And I feel <laughs> that part of the DC problem is that they try and be more experimental, they try and push the boundaries a bit. But they keep fucking it up. Yeah, I agree. And I think Marvel, like Marvel, plays it safe. So one of the reasons all these films look the same is they're all shot in digital. Every second unit action is the same. All, all the sort of FX are done by the same yeah. studio. So it's very consistent. It is sort of like a factory. Whereas all these films, mm. I, I, they I mean, cobble together Zack Snyder and Co, David Ayer and Co, yeah. Patty Jenkins and Co, mm. and they make a film. So I say it's only Marvel only play it safe in the sense that they found a style that works yeah. and will stick with it. It's not playing it safe. Safe in the is sense the wrong of, word. It's they, yeah. they they play it smart. Yeah, they they, they, they know what. 
business people. They know what works and they will stick with it. Could, could I quickly yeah, respond to that? Um, I'd actually like to conviction. I don't think that um, DC are being daringly experimental from what I've seen. I just think they're being slapped at. Oh, no, sorry, I, that no, wasn't, I, I wasn't trying to imply that they're like the David Lynch of superhero yeah, yeah. films. No, I think it's, when I they're, experiment, experiment, they're experimenting. In but in the sense they are, of... They are trying to... Because they're trying to replicate the success of Marvel. Yeah. And I think that's where this film, again, meets a crossroads. It's that DC wanted two things. They wanted... Money. The success, well, they wanted one thing, yeah, money. But to get <laughs> to get that, they took two paths. Yeah. One was the Nolan verse deconstructionist take on yes. Superman, mm. but at the same time, they wanted a universe. Mm. And as that great saying goes, you can't have your cake and eat it. And they mm. and they tried both, and they they suffered for it. Yeah. Quite significantly. I, I feel like if you want to like, when we say experimental, I don't think me and Aaron are arguing that they are. No. Avant garde. Yeah. We say experimental <laughs> in the constraints of yeah. a. You know, experiments can fail. Yeah, a, cons- <laughs> a, you know, a consumerist film industry yeah, which is sure. trying to make the most money. Well, no, I, I actually um, I really like to talk a little bit more about the uh, the political themes of this movie. So, well, you can't. So let's move on to the score. Go on, sorry. Political themes. Let's do it. So, what I was expecting from this movie didn't actually get, and in a nice way, I thought I was going to get a really ham-fisted Ayn Rand face. I thought because because I knew that there was going to be a scene in this where young Superman would say. Someone and his dad would be like, "You shouldn't have done it." They were Medicaid receivers. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought it was going to be because you know, like libertarians are really ahistorical and mostly like when you get to the hardcore end of them, don't even think that America should have got involved in World War Two. That's how hardcore these people are. The thing is, though, is when the when the movie was actually happening, basically the the, the themes in the first two acts to me were all about power. So there's Jor El says to Kal-El, he's like. Uh, the government tried population control and it made everything go real bad. That's funny, that's some libo shit. But, so that's where <laughs> a really powerful state tried to do something to help and then caused massive desolation, destroyed a civilization. But then also to the point where with young... Brexit. Oh my god. With young Superman, okay, well, now I'm going to try and fix something by saving a bus full of children. He's like, you shouldn't do that because that's going to hurt you by revealing yourself, as you've already touched on. It's about the economies of power and when to act and when not to act and when acting will hurt and when acting will help. Mm-hmm. But what happened in the third act, while I was engaged, it was just a fight and it, it should have made a bigger deal out of him you revealing need, himself. You need to tie action to theme. Like, it's yeah. got to gotta be... Like, and I know, I know I like to harp on about Mad Max Fury Road, but it's got to... Who doesn't? It's got yeah. to develop both the theme and the story. Mm. And while that fight, the fight is about whether he's going to kill everyone on Earth or not. Yeah. So in the loosest way possible, it's connected to the story. It, there's no stakes <laughs> in it other than can he beat him? That's, and that's not a good stake. It's deeply... See, compared mm-hmm. to what was set up, it's deeply black and white. Because it's like... A good, a good stake is yeah. obviously like the Dark Knight. Like, yeah. you know that... Like, you don't know that the Joker's boat won't explode. Mm. Uh, but in in this in this uh, in this you're fairly uh, sure uh, that if it's going to come down to a fist fight over Metropolis, yeah. then Superman's probably got it. So I I, d- I just wanted to say I uh, coming into this I was thinking loads of this is going to have loads of bullshit Snyder things in it. You know what? The sloppy stuff in it was very easily traceable back to Christopher Nolan because he's a very emotional man who likes very heavy-handed like imagery and storytelling. Mm, Christian. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you're onto something. So, the scene in which Superman goes to speak to a priest. (laughs) Just drops in. Like Daredevil. This, this, my friend, is Nolan up the arsehole. So, (laughs) he walks in and he talks about how the dangers of revealing himself to these people, because obviously that will mean that it would be an act of self-sacrifice, 
while he's talking. Just so you know, he made eye contact with the microphone. I did. I looked right at all of you. You. I see you. As this is happening. I know what you're doing. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. I, just, I thought that this was too much to throw into the film at this point because they had a lot else going on and then they decided no, just I, because it was the thing so to do. If, if this film could be accused of anything, well. throwing too many things into the pot would not be one of it. Okay, fine. I would say that the problem with including like Christianity as a theme in something is it kind of supersedes everything else that's going yeah. on. Because I kind of feel like... Particularly in a Western film-going audience, Christianity is almost assumed to be the default. That's fine, but I would also say that, you know, from my perspective, just understanding the way that these things conflict with each other... (laughs) No, yeah, like, people expect to see Christian imagery in something. That doesn't mean that if you analyse it, it doesn't clash with the other... Of course it does. Yeah, the the scene where he's literally, like... Well, also fucking crash eagle before an explosion. Yeah. Well, just... It'd be like when Mor- uh, not Morpheus, the other one, the white one, Neo, Neo. <laughs> spread eagle crucifixie on the yeah, matrix then, on the matrix cables, and then a cross of light happens. Yeah, on his like, chest. that and, is just well, too much. If I can just say, I think that not only does the Christianity clash like in the in the film, it clashes with like libertarian belief, and specifically yeah, specifically Zack Snyder and like Zack Snyder's biggest influence, Anne Rand's belief. Yeah. Because Zack Snyder's probably not spent a day in his life thinking about God. No. Like, like <laughs> he is like, a godless man. Like, like, Zack Snyder has spent the same amount of time thinking about God as Kanye West has thought about politics, yeah. which is at most five minutes. Yeah. And, and then he like moves on back to like his copy of the Fountainhead, and that's uh, fine because that's what he that's what he digs. But like to include that because this film isn't about like yeah. this this film is about man and man's reaction to a greater power and that there's a subtle difference to that and that there is, is continued in sort of like an abortive way in man vs Batman vs Superman. Mm. Oh, is that with the statues where it's like God is? I well, no, it's that bit. Which, so, the problem is, I started the sentence with like in like in Batman vs Superman and then realised I cannot remember anything about <laughs> Batman vs Superman so, apart from save Martha and I can't remember anything else. But there is um, a statue of Superman with something bad spray painted on it. That's not the bit I'm referring to. That is a thing. Um, Sorry, but I'm talking I... about the bit where Jesse Eisenberg points to the painting of God descending from heaven. Oh right. fuck that! I, no, um, fuck off! I know that bit. That's yeah. bullshit. But that, that, but that, but what I mean is that is the sort of ideological bent they're going for. Yeah. And that's, oh, what is but that? that's but that's like so contrary from what Zack Schneider believes in. And as we've confirmed before, David Gascoy believes in nothing. Here's at you, David. Coming for you. Um, that kill you. I David. can't believe you're going to kill David Town. David. Okay. <laughs> Actually, here's a. I was talking to a friend about David Esquire, and they typed in David Esquire, and it made me. It made me. Think, it made me think of like him as sort of like a country gentleman, and I said. I, I just, <laughs> so yeah, I just feel that again. Like you can tell that there are free chefs in this kitchen. <laughs> there is. Yes. There is David Esquire who believes in nothing but making. A terrible Superman film. Mm. Uh, there is uh, Zack Schneider, who genuinely believes in getting his sort of like anarcho-libertarian vision across. <laughs> yeah. and what then if government didn't exist? <laughs> also, slow motion anime girls. I direct a Super Punch. That's my impression of. Uh, <laughs> I'm very Zach smart. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously you've got Chris. Heavy then you've got Christopher Nolan, <laughs> who starts with "I'm very smart" and is definitely more on the point. Yeah. And then he talks about sort of like you said, like Christianity and humanity. Years, years <laughs> of his emotional repression. The problem with him is he represses his emotions for so long and like doesn't have sex with his wife. And then he's, ri- <laughs> and then he's writing a script. <laughs> and then suddenly the Elton just- John defense. <laughs> and then suddenly he's and this will be if you if you wouldn't mind the resolution to my point yep, Superman good. is sitting in a church talking to a pastor and behind him is a stained glass window 
of Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. In this scene, because I know you two are heathen atheists from birth, anyone with even like a bit of a religious upbringing will know, Jesus pleads with God himself and his father asking there must be some other way prior to the crucifixion and the betrayal of Judas, right? He is at that time with that ridiculous stained glass window behind him asking a pastor what he would do in that situation should he give himself up to Zod. Fucking ridiculous. I mean, it's very on the nose. Yeah. Is the pastor fusilli or penne? <laughs> so just to confirm, Alec has been sitting on that for roughly 15 seconds. I, I saw, know, I I saw, saw at least saw, of 20 minutes. I saw his eyes like light up. I'm gonna fucking kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I have said everything I need to say. Okay. Allow okay. it to be wrapped up. Let's, uh... In the words of Jesus Christ. It is finished. So before we move on, because we before we move on to our last <laughs> segment, yeah. I want to do a, a quick rundown on what you thought of the characters. In I'm sorry, I've absolutely yeah, ruined so. this episode <laughs> oh, by the by the fucking like degeneration of its burns. It's night. all right, mate, because you're going to be editing, so you. Can oh shit! <laughs> um, Perry White, and also um, behaved in a confusing way about part. He picked up the motivation of the dead father. When he had no reason to. For, just for thematic purposes, but mm. like thematic purposes <laughs> when work. you've already just established those, like we have those fresh in our mind, we can easily see the counter argument to that and not just the argument again. I no feel reason. that from a newspaper editor perspective, he went from aliens don't exist, that's bullshit, to we need to run away, we're full of aliens mm. extremely <laughs> quickly. Yeah, he must have, I mean, Egg was on his face when the aliens started blowing yeah. up the office I mean, next door. As, <laughs> as, as a large, bald man, mm -hmm. I feel that... You Perry, feel a kinship with Lawrence <laughs> I felt a kinship <laughs> with Lawrence Fishburne. Fair. They did, they did as, he looks yeah. similarly to what I do when I try and dress myself up for a job interview. <laughs> Which is, a, <laughs> which is an ill-fitting suit. A child on the in the dock for some sort of crime. Mm. Like there's a bit where Lawrence Fishburne is trying to lever out a colleague whose yeah, name it was, it was is unnecessary. woman, and yeah. he's trying Correct. to lever out from the 9/11 rebel. Yeah, yeah. And it's really good. Yep. It you yeah, it cuts okay. from the dubstep you space was, yeah, I machine. That was one of the, like the most genuine portrayals of people on the ground. There were two yeah. people trying, uh, undertaking a desperate task to save someone. It was weird that it was Perry, but that's fair enough. I clearly because he's a good I, boss. I think it's the I, only good boss under capitalism. Up, up until that point, for me, Perry had been so slapdash that the fact that he was doing this was a okay. Bit weird. I mean, he was basically a fill-in for whenever there needed to be a human witnessing mm. something. That he wasn't. was. He was basically J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, yeah. but not. No, but not as. No one was well developed. So next character is Lois Lane, LLAA. Fine. I heard praise for this movie um, around the time it came out uh, from feminists that uh, if you really think about it, she was the only. <laughs> well, essentially, um, being t uh, from what I read about it, it was that technically she, she was one of the only characters who really had a lot of agency. Um, <laughs> So it was, yeah, yeah no, that, I guess. No, no, but that's the thing. It was kind of upsold to me. As much as anyone um, has agency in this film. Yeah, she, she really, um, she really stood to upstage the discovery of the Fortress of Solitude for me. Then she kind of found Superman in a fairly uninteresting montage. Yeah. 
How many seconds of can I question asking? Jump in briefly for a... no, go ahead because I, basically I wasn't massively into her. Sorry, okay. for a question: Was the Fortress of Solitude in this movie's context the so, bigger Krypton spaceship? So the, because no. he lands on Earth in the Krypton sperm. So he so he lands yes. on, so for official terms he lands on Earth in his pod. What he finds in his puddle jumper. What he finds what, what he finds in the ice yeah. is that's meant to invoke the Fortress of Solitude is something called the Scout Ship. An Al Kesh. Now the Scout Ship was what as, as General Zod explains or is it Jarrell explains. They mm. sent out hundreds of these scout ships to scan every planet for life that would suit Kryptonians. They found the Kryptonian ship worked out that this planet wasn't that good. Though obviously, as it turns out, fucking excellent. But then kind of crashed the ship into it. Well, no, but then the, so the ship oh, was just sorry. left there because the, pl- the the costs of repatriating it presumably outweigh just... I mean, you just launch hundreds of miles. And like, I don't think they like, care about being okay. yeah, by like, humans. Like the way that we don't care about Voyager like yeah. crashing into any... Do you mean Voyager the probe or the probe, Voyager not... the, the Federation starship? We cared a lot about Voyager crashing into it because obviously Janeway captured our hearts. Yeah, but, uh... rip. <laughs> it's, okay, called the, it's called the cool. scout ship. It serves the purpose of the Fortress of Solitude in this one. Mm. Had this been any normal franchise, it obviously would have been his base operations thereafter. Mm. But he had a pretty hectic schedule here, yeah, after, yeah, yeah. so he didn't really get to do that. He was busy repossessing the, his mum's farm from the bank. Oh yeah, that happens. Um, you got a little that to look forward to. Dying and <laughs> something else probably. So I, I want to keep this. So yeah. no, it's about, like Lois Lane. Um, I wasn't massively compelled, and I wasn't massively uncompelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you want to do? That's fine. Uh, the next one is obviously Colonel Hardy. The, uh, the oh, best. Chris Mal- Christopher Maloney, oh, the yeah. world's best butt mm. title winner. Fun. <laughs> so because he, he represented to me all of impotent, but eventually like cooperative, small so towns of the he, state. I think he's really. Li- I think he's like one of the more libertarian serving characters. Yeah. He's meant to be sort of like almost a straw man for, like you said, like sort of like the unthinking government man mm. who will eventually bow to dynamic individualism, yes. Superman. <laughs> I, he's, I, he's just kind of army guy. Yeah, and, and also like Alex Alec had a fucking boss man observation in which that he facilitates every role in yeah. this film. He's he is like, both a science officer, he is a pilot, yeah. he, he he's the drone guy. <laughs> yeah. he's, the... he's like, he turns <laughs> up in Canada as like the guy leading the expedition to discover the Fortress of Solitude. Mm. He turns up in a, what, like, a little bird Uh, UAV something like that and then later on he's flying a plane and while he's flying the plane he's like mate take the stick I've got to go do some plot in the car (laughs) he's like I've got to go talk to the load master about a load yeah (laughs) load master (laughs) load master is an incredible terminology and I hope to Christ who in this case is Superman the US military genuinely genuinely has a rank where they go loadmaster how's the load and that person has to unironically go the load is secure and at no point break character or break because Christopher Christopher (laughs) Maloney who you may know from Law and Order SVU I haven't watched that. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, he's he's the army. I got guy. comic books to read. You, you are an aberration. <laughs> How? Very. He's correct. <laughs> but Christopher Maloney is the army guy. He yeah. can do everything. He's he he's on the ground as like the second lead officer. He's in the air as a pilot. The thing he's is, the air as a pilot of a helicopter. He's with the FBI as well. I've got to say pl- that. FBI arresting atoms. Pilot, yeah. pilot of both a helicopter and a plane. I I will I will fully admit. Here are my cards on the table. I don't know how these machines work. 
But helicopters and planes, very different machines. One's goes chocka chocka chocka, and one goes. Whoosh. I would sign off on that analysis. How can he pilot both? Doesn't matter. Now he's going to fight one of the Kryptonians with a knife. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. He does get into two Shing. knife fights. <laughs> yeah. With, Neither of which happen. With yeah, with <laughs> with, with Anne's trowel, yeah. who's, who's who. By the way, like I know she doesn't probably get her screen time in this, but as a personal fan of her like career, mm. I think she's really fucking excellent in this film. Like a nice. Like not really focused on supporting character. She, I, I, I was saying earlier that I like that she actually gets into a fight with male characters, which mm. the Marvel films don't do. Yeah, they refuse fun. to do, which is pathetic. Scarlet Witch punches Vision at one point. <laughs> yeah, but that's spousal wow. abuse. They're yeah. okay with that. Yeah, uh, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. No, there's nothing else. That's because they Please always move on. No, don't because I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> he is wrong. <laughs> But, but yeah, at least I can admit it. But, Sometimes. But yeah, I think I, think, I, I just wanted to sort of like quickly go through the characters we might have missed. There's no other really interesting characters. Mama Kent's not really developed in this. <laughs> no, no. Do you want to talk about? I think we've already talked quite enough about the dads because yes. obviously the space dad and farm dad. It's too kind of, Oh but, yeah, let's go, on, Michael Shannon. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? The thing is, as soon as you get Michael Shannon in your project, mm. you know he's going to outweigh everybody else because that's his job he's an actor Michael Shannon is a thespian <laughs> and even in this with his weird Jeez. bowl cut and his stupid CGI costume he will dominate the screen in the Ooh, same way that Peter Capaldi is the best doctor because he's an actual proper theatre oh actor I cannot believe like, Michael Shannon is, he's just the best actor in this that, even though his character's motivations are I am angry. Well, I mean, he's so, that yeah, is it. Zod's motivations are essentially at the beginning are summarised as he wants to prevent degenerate bloodlines from ruining Krypton. But also ecology, but also mm. not. I mean, it kind of ties into the whole, the, the initial Krypton scene is, it so, might as well be made like a sheet of plate metal well, I've, and someone's going, what cards behind the metal? You don't know. The whole initial scene is completely <laughs> fucking in- incomprehensible. Well, it is comprehensible, and I agree. And this is—I had this. We were talking about this as the film started. I still think if you know, if I ever had to do anything like this with Superman, I would never introduce Krypton first because that's not really mm. what Su- what Clark Kent is about. Because he doesn't know what Krypton is. He's never seen it. That's yeah. the point. He yeah, is yeah. the son of Krypton. He's the last son of Krypton. You know, he's from Krypton. He's not. Of Krypton, mm. like, yeah, he's, is, he, he's, really, he's got no reference to the culture, and that's part of what you know. General Zod even says this. He says he's not, you know, he doesn't understand our ways, and that's it. While he is the sole determiner of Krypton's survival, mm. he has a new race, and that race is humanity. K- Krypton is oh. why he is Superman, okay. but in the essence of who Clark Kent is, it is irrelevant. He is who he is because of his mother and his father, who are human and teach him to be a good person. Unless okay. in this film, in which case Kevin Costner's like. Don't save anyone because they're all bell ends. Yeah, yeah. He says you maybe shouldn't. So, <laughs> so, so guys, therefore, based off what you said, does not exist to serve Clark's character, the Krypton so, Factor. What did it serve? I think it served it, to have an action-packed open sci-fi. No, no. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. In in the the lightest timeline, it should serve. It's supposed to serve oh, to let us know what Zod's motivations are, and that's yeah. where it fails. It's because it introduces the villain and it ostensibly tells you why he's doing what he's doing. But it does it in a really mashed together way. Like he basically shows up and says, "Bah, eugenics, pure bloodlines." He bursts in from the hell dimension and goes, "Hitler, Hitler, Hitler." Yeah, <laughs> but, what, but no, you're serious because he bursts into the throne room. He yeah. shoots someone in the face and he goes, "I love eugenics." Yeah, he does. <laughs> like, exactly. It's like, I, he just goes, "I am Hitler. Yeah. Hitler is good." He's like, "Oh, he's like, oh, this is a compelling." Take that. Out. So, I think, that, but I think this is really important because. Yeah. Like we said, Superman has no understanding of this context, and it's up to General Zod to do it. What we have here is we have 
the film telling us why we should care about Superman. And yeah. I don't know about you two, maybe you don't agree with me, but I don't need a reason to care about Superman. No, he's always I sick, mate. I care about Superman. Yeah. And that's and that's one of the few characters where it's like, sure, this is the fucking, this is the Boy mm. Scout. You don't need to show me that he's got an entire race. He's got, what do they say? One point they say he's got one billion people in his DNA. Loaded into it's his like, body. It's like, I don't care. Oh, this man, hidden in his body. This man is a paragon of good. I want him yeah, to yeah. succeed. You see, I kind of feel like with <laughs> Superman, you kind of have to work almost harder because you can't no, just go... I disagree. I, I mean, that's fine. No, but yeah, like, okay, so what, is it because he's opinion. too good? Do you, do you, it's wrong. Do you, not but, like, do you not like him being too I just don't feel good. that a character can be This is the age-old argument about yeah, Superman. Is that you yeah. can you have a character that is naturally good? I think you can. I think you can only because... And again, this is what's... I mean, I've got many comics over there. I've got many comics over there that go into this. I've been reading them. I think Ooh, you... pass me one. You've got... No, you'll ruin them. You'll get your side. <laughs> I'll get my disgusting socialist hands all over. You've got... You've got a character here who is supposed to like, like, like that line says that beautiful line about you. They will join you in the sun. You've yeah. got this character here who is supposed to be stumble, the messiah. Yeah, no, no, like, no, not the messiah. Sorry, the, the, well, he, literally the Superman. Yeah, the exactly. But he's divorced. The messiah is like implies divinity. He's supposed to just be a good. He's supposed to mm. be a powerful good. Uh, that is more complex an idea than people give it credit for, yeah, in yeah. my opinion. And and like that's why he's really, you know, as ham-fisted as it is, that's mm. why when they're bullying him, he's got a copy of Plato in his, yeah, in his yeah. hand. Mm. And I think that's important. I don't think you need to make me empathise with Superman, but what you do need to make me do is empathise with Zod. Mm. You know, because that's what makes a compelling villain. Yeah. I need to understand why Zod is doing this. I think what would, I just had an idea. Mm. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong here. I think the easier way to, or the, the most compelling way to do this would be you have Clark Kent, he discovers the scout ship, maybe he the scout ship tells him for whatever reason the story from Zod's side, and then like he doesn't get the natural narrative, like he and then he has to fight against something. Which sort of happens at one point, by the way. He he is in a situation where Zod he has to let Zod say what has happened before. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. is, that, is that the strange sort of hallucination sequence mm. when yeah, where they he goes to the, the ship and he yeah. sort of like passes out a weird way Michael, to do it, and then they're like, Didn't Michael Shannon, do some acting for us, and he goes, but we'll have some underwear in the background. Oh, like my worries, mate. I've got the fucking acting. In also, there. your CGI cape will be fluttering. He's like, well, that doesn't yeah. bother me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but carry on. No, no, no. That, that's that's my sort of my point. I think quote Tolkien, evil is the absence of good. Yeah. And I and I think that like when you have something like Zod, I think that's what's important. And I think you need to expose Superman to that. And I think you in the same way that Kevin Costner's like the other. You have two themes in this. You have Kevin Costner's. Do you want to reveal yourself? Mm. And you have General Zod versus Superman. Like where do your loyalties lie? And I think if you just focus on those two, you get a much tighter sort mm. of film, you get a much tighter argument, and the two of them feed into each other quite nicely. Yeah. And I think it's a shame they didn't do that. And do I you, think, yep. So you, you don't think this film nailed that particularly? Do you think it doesn't really nail? It doesn't nail much. Nothing is like you said. That's why it's the yeah. best six out of ten because yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. quite do anything right. Do no. you feel but, any of the DC films? Oof. Are any of the Marvel films really nailed that conflict between no. villain and superhero? Um, Wonder Woman came close until the last 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think this is a problem with all the DC, the DC films, is that they overblow the climactic yeah. finish. And Aquaman didn't and even thought, try, in my no, opinion. Like, when I was watching this not that long ago, as I was saying to Aaron and Josh and the other person who was present, I was bored by two thirds of the way in. It's when they start yeah. having the punch up in this small town, like, right, I get it. Mm -hmm. Please finish this film. Mm. But there's still a whole act to go. Yep. So Superman, a whole lot of punches. <laughs> yeah. So who so Hooperman? He does lose he's really good at hoop and hoops. So Hooperman <laughs> and Superman. 
Uh, Hoopman dies very early on. His his hula hoop power. It's actually him and Detective Chimp. Yeah, they, go on, they, they go on one last joyride. Yeah. Well, I remember. So he he hulaed he hulaed to the tripod yeah. to and make it explode, dies. and then the you know the blast radius. He, he was vaporized. But I, and he I goes, wonder I was if this best <laughs> I wonder if this is a thing with the sense of viewing it from outside the context of being an American. Is that oh, yeah. seeing an American Midwest town smashed up to me means nothing? You can show me as many. Well, you're actually scenes. laughing because you're like, I, I hop. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> if you show me an IHOP or a Sears being smashed up next to, let's say, a Greg's or a Maplin's, if there's a Greg's and Maplin's okay. being smashed up, I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, so he's <laughs> defiled the sacred institution no, that is Greg's. I have to say, you you know full well that Greg's is awesome. If it's what, well, yes, that is given. That also is made of Kevlar, so they're actually. If it, you know, if, if it, <laughs> If you swapped out every American city for, you know, English cities or British cities in all the blockbusters you've seen in the past 20 years, it would have no more effect on you. It's completely... You I know, mean, that's true, because there, there have but been, I, but there I get have the been idea. various films where they've shown that England, like London being destroyed, like, that's not London. No, but I think he's on you something. can tell it's not I, London okay. because think, no one's looking at the destruction. He, I think it's the, the thing that I think Alex onto is that Superman stands for truth, justice, and the, the American, American way. way. Okay. And that's very important. That is part of it. And that's the reason why things like Red Sun, no. that's why it's important, because it's all about the context Superman is raised in, and he is raised in an American context. Like I was saying earlier, that American context can sometimes be imperialism, and that context can sometimes be sort of like your, your gosh damn tooted neighbourly Kansas people. Yeah. And I think that's that's that that is a discrepancy, and I guess that might be something that is that is lost over mm. overseas. I don't know. I don't know particularly. I don't. I certainly don't think I'd emphasize more of you smashing through a Greg's. <laughs> I, I want to see it just to see what it looks I mean, like. Because I kind of understand. Maybe there's that. like there's like sausage rolls flying around from, like, from like a very simple sort of emotional reaction. Like I don't give a fuck if Superman flies through an IHOP. But the I idea is you're supposed to care because it's his hometown. But we don't but set like, up his hometown. I, I don't yeah. understand don't, what an IHOP is. Yeah, we don't see and we don't see any positive emotions connected with his hometown. Like if we, we should have if seen him said, working in the local store. There were no scenes I, in actual occup- the town centre of Smallville until they started beating each other up. Yeah, and that was an issue. And that that, that means you don't have a connection to that town mm. unless, like you said, you come from an identical American yeah. town. Out in the and Midwest. like I know the the American market is big. There's a lot of people in America, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. There's a lot of people in America. We love you. And that sort of Midwest sort of uh, small town mentality is important, particularly for filmmaking. But it would be like making a film based on the concept of what is Superman smashed up as a middling to low Chinese town. As me, as a British person, as me as an English person, I don't understand the connection. Mm. Like what is an IHOP? I but surely is it not the Alec, I want to ask you some. You might. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, so I tell no questions. I'm leaving. <laughs> Sorry. No. Yeah. So, so Alec, if the Hello. I, as you were saying there, I was thinking that maybe one of the movie the problems with the film was that um, it wasn't enough and the American way. And would you have felt a little bit more close to it, even though you're not an American, if not it American. had emphasised the American? nature of Superman and the American nature of the setting yeah. in a, not in a problematically nationalist but in like the the positivities of their historic philosophy that have informed Superman as a character 
Because I'm thinking that maybe that may have made me a little bit more into it. I agree. And I was already into it. I think if you I think if you showed him having oh, sorry implying this is, this is there is a non problematic nationalistic context. Oh. No, no, that, no nationalism. What, what I mean, no, that yeah, I did not. I, I did not I, mean. I, no, sorry, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, so you, that's me you trying. Know that, I was, did not, okay, that was me ahead. trying to be intelligent for the first time in my life. Yeah, being low. Um, I, want, I want the audience. To I know feel that almost if it hadn't relied on the brands, if it was kind of like brands is a big problem, man. If it was the small town. And I, know Brit- I, yeah, <laughs> I know Britain doesn't have quite have the same concept as small town diner, but we can identify with like you know the local pub. Yeah. Mm. I know America has a strange relationship with alcohol in a way that the British don't really. But I feel if it kept it more generic, like here's the, the local thing is, here's can, the local bar. Who you, can, you can do that. I mean, they show a local bar. They show that sort of like they show that local trucker stop. That's funny. Um, but, but I feel like the, but no, you're right. You can have sort of like the the baseball arena. You can have loads of like American homestays. Yeah. And again, you can have the baseball arena and you show him playing baseball as a kid. Maybe he can't because he hits the ball too damn hard. Like you can do so much Bang. to you like can do, the Incredibles. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly where I got that beat from. <gasps> like, he oh runs God. too fast. This film would be so much better if it was the Incredibles. Mm. I've got it. Right. Set up and payoff. He's a kid. Kevin Costner's sitting in the rafters. Mm-hmm. He says, "Strike out." He has to strike out every time. They're just like, <sighs> and he's annoyed. They're like, "You're an idiot, Kent." He's like, "Whatever." Later in the film, bang, and it's gonna be. It's not gonna be overblown. It's gonna be blink or you miss it. He's gonna be punching Zod. And he's going to be punching him in that way that he flies really far and he chases him. Which I love. And then, in a wide shot, he's going to punch him. He's going to fly past a baseball field. He's going to fly over it, punch him again. Like, maybe at the same time someone does a home run. Except not that bit, because that would be lame. Yeah. But you have a baseball field no, in the background while he punches fucking Zod. Kind of like how Field like Diamond of Dreams or Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. tie the Field of Dreams. and There are there are conflicts within this film between the people who wrote it and influenced it. Mm. There are certainly discrepancies between the things that were trying to And in general, there was sort of like just undeveloped and unfinished themes. Yeah, sure. But I could never say that this was a bad film. It's certainly no. not as terrible as people say no. it. No. It's not it's no su- it's not as bad as Suicide Squad. It's no near <laughs> as bad as Batman vs Superman. I think it like I said, I think it's consistent fun. I think and I think like you said, I think it doesn't do this Marvel thing and like I said, watching it now in 2019 of all years. Oh my god, we're so old. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I would but I was like the bit where he's one running around even though um, with the cape and the dog. Shit man, I got some yeah. chills from that. Yes. I got I got I got some chills from a couple moments yeah, in this I mean, scene and I haven't got that from any Marvel film recently. I mean because I asked before we went to the break, you know, yeah. what are your opinions? And my memories are I don't hate this film. I mean I will you know thought you were disengaged at one point. Sure, there are yeah. the, about two thirds of the way through I just check out and start mm chatting about my Instagram account but I don't hate it there are lots of films I don't really engage with it doesn't make it a bad film it just means that you know, I'm a pretentious asshole. Get your popcorn, watch an incredibly jacked man punch other incredibly jacked men. And one it's incredibly a, jacked a, woman. It's a better superhero <laughs> film than most. Yep. It really is, actually. It is. Yeah. And I, I don't think, and I think and it... that doesn't make it any more than a three star or six out of ten, but it's an important thing Look, to remember. I think particularly with the advent of internet criticism, mm. and this is where I'm rowing my boat out to Hot Take Bay again. Oh, I'm ready for it this time. Right. It's that I feel that criticism has reached a place where either you hate it Mm -hmm. or you love it and anything in between has become negated and irrelevant and I don't think that's fair I think Mm. there is a place for films that sit fairly at a sorry what was the rating you give this film? 
six, six out, out of ten. Six or out of ten. But the strongest three out of five or six out of ten I've yeah. probably ever seen. Yeah, and, and, those, and, and those films are fine. And they're important. And like you said, they're, they're not only they're important, but they don't deserve to be like derided as everything. Of course wrong. they don't. Yeah. But the, but that's the thing. Like people point to this and they're like, oh, it ruined Superman for a generation. It's of like, course it did. It's it like didn't. no, it didn't. Like it's not even it's... not even Superman Returns ruined Superman right. for a generation. Yeah. Like this was I mean, like, from us. You know, we're all roughly the same age. I mean, I'm fifty eight. Mm. But you two are roughly the same age. I'm actually 2000. And what was the last anime girl? The genuinely influential Superman media that was released? Fuck and all. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, um, Lois and Clark, that TV show that was on when we were kids. Right. Um, and who watched that? Your mum. Yeah, me because, and mum. Because I mean, Clark was fit. I would, I would, like Superman has been I'd probably argue that Lex Luthor Man uh, of Steel was the last piece that's of that's a book <laughs> let me argue normal people <laughs> that like got laid and shit hey but like <laughs> comic books haven't been relevant to us for so long and now they are finally deliberate and perhaps you could argue um, you because mean in, of a Marvel. T- in a TV and film format and yeah I mean they dominate right. media now yeah which, which is because, oh, yeah. how are you going to make Superman he's bulletproof He's super fast. He's super strong. He well, this can is why see you through make, walls. You can unless you bury all of his powers in weird... No, you have to... Psychological no, 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 not at all. No, no, you're you're wrong. Wrong. You, I, the problem is, Alec, and we'll, we'll, we will end on this in this discussion of these themes, the thing about Superman is the, the reason people get it wrong is they have the fear that you have and they think that he's not going to be interesting because he's so powerful. No, you don't look away from how powerful he is. You zone in on how powerful he is. You think about the consequences of having such power. No, you do. You, you, think uh, you zod in. Zod in. Did I say that? No, you said zone, but, oh, I'm, but okay. I'm a wanker. But what, but what you do is, like, it's like you said, with great power comes great responsibility. That sort of Spider-Man vibe. Yeah. What you do is you, He's like Superman, but with different words. But you... Uh, it's true. Only a few different words as well. Uh, um, Go on. Take it home, Aaron. Hot take for the Aaron, end. finish it! So what, what, what you focus on here is you focus on, like, like we've said throughout this, you focus on... His revealing himself and hurting the ones he loves. That's, exactly. a, that's a huge part of it. You focus on the fact that he can't save everyone, like with that story about the cattle ranch and how he, as he was having mm. his victory cake, cattle were drowning. You focus on the idea that if he either doesn't kill or that when he kills, it tears him up. And you focus on the idea of the embodiment of good coming up with something that his like strength and moral code can't deal with. Yeah. Like those, like those are the core of a good super. From my experience, having read a lot of Superman, like the, those are what makes a compelling story. And this has the foundations of that, but it it stops short. Yeah. And sadly, from BVS and Justice League, it only gets more diluted. And we'll never get Man of Steel two. We'll never get a continuation of those themes. No, so but was... we will. But we are going to continue on this journey, and we're going to see how it gets. But I wanted this. I think this is an important anchor point because this you is. This is Zack Snyder's Superman vision at his purest, and this is where it all starts to go horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> and, this, and this was Check for Traps. Ladies Please. and gentlemen, part one Thank or you two of, of the DCEU extended oh. watch. This is, I guess it's technically part two, but this is the first of like the sequential ones. Yeah, yeah. So let's, yeah, BVS next. Hope you want to tune in. Like and subscribe. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thank you. I've been at Lambert, the recurring nightmare. I've been Aaron Chapman, si- uh, singular straight man. I've been Joshua Jack, professional drums. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs>